Hey guys, welcome to Creative Entrepreneurship, a podcast dedicated to helping entrepreneurs build their business based on successes and failures of other entrepreneurs. Today we have an amazing guest. We're going to be talking about how to start your own worm farm in 2022. Please help me welcome Kathy Nesbitt. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here. Man, I'm excited. This is something that we haven't talked about on the show is creating your own worm farm. I thought that was pretty interesting. You know, there's a lot of times when people, they're looking for ideas, they're looking for ways in which they can help the environment, help themselves, create a business at the same time. And what better than a worm farm? (laughs) You know, it's amazing. Uh, Why don't we start out by getting a little bit of information from you as to who you are, what you do, and how you've been helping people. Well, my working title is Kathy Crawley Laughing Bean Queen. (laughs) It's the 20th anniversary of Kathy's Crawley Composters, selling worms by the pound. Can you imagine? (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, Yeah, so it really is simple solutions for today's challenges. Worms for amending the soil, sprouts for eating, and laughter for overall health and wellness. Yeah, that's amazing. That's great. I mean, I love the idea because... I mean, if you can turn it into a business and you can also help the environment, you can help yourself, you can help your family, and there's ways in which you can save money and build a business on worms, that's amazing to me. It's probably a dirty job, (laughs) you know, with all the soil and poop and stuff, but I think it's pretty amazing that you're able to take something from the earth and uh, just turn it into something that everybody can use, either whether it be compost or, or, uh, you know, fertilizer or anything that might be useful in, in even in your local area. Um, how did you start? I mean, what gave you the idea to do this? I know that you've been doing this for a long time. You've been doing it for what, 20 years now? Huh? What, what, gave 20 you the, years. what gave you the idea to do this? Yeah, I was going to say, you know, ideas, like it sounds, um, you know, idyllic. Oh, wow. She's solving a solution and all that, but things don't just arrive there. You know, there is a whole path. So I'm, I'm located in Toronto, largest city in Canada, and our landfill closed in 2002, meaning it filled up. And although Canada is second largest country in the world, we couldn't find a new place to site a landfill, and we started to export our garbage to the U.S. And at the beginning, it was 200 trucks a day, Monday to Friday, 1,000 trucks a week. Honking transport trucks, can you imagine? I mean, that's it's mm-hmm. it's it's staggering when I think about it. Four thousand trucks a month, you know. I don't know. Keep going. I mean, the math the math mm-hmm. is just unbelievable. And it, and I'm not talking about the Canadian and American people. This was a a, a government decision between the governments, mm-hmm. you know. And we paid a lot for the privilege, so it was like for Canadians, oh, bye bye tax dollars. There they go. There they go rolling down the highway. Yeah. Well, you saw yeah. you saw uh, what a pain in the market. You saw that there's something uh, that needs to be fulfilled. You know, people are exporting garbage and it's expensive. Um, why not? Why not utilize worms in order to uh, you know reduce the garbage that uh, people are putting out? And of course, you can utilize that. So it's 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 a win win for for everyone. Um, how did you start out financially? Was it expensive? Did you do bootstrap? Did you obtain financing? What steps did you take take to to really start to implement this idea that you had for for starting your own worm farm? Yeah, I had no idea what to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I would suggest if somebody wants to start a business in anything, uh, you know, really get help because there's lots of help today for entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I, yeah, I just um, knew I had a solution. You know, you I, again, back to Toronto, 6 million people, half living in condos and townhouses without space to do outdoor composting. So I was just passion driven. I was purpose 
passion driven and I just I just started I didn't know that people didn't want what I had <laughs> yeah so did you... you know people you know people don't buy what they need they buy what they want and they mm. just definitely didn't want worms in the house <laughs> did you start out with your own money or did you did you find absolutely it? yeah I've never I've never got any financing mm -hmm. or um, any loans or grants or anything it was you know really um buying worms trying it and then they breed and mm -hmm. um it was really a lot of hit and miss a lot of trial and error and i just believed in so, so much in what i was doing so I, I would have it ended up that my business in the beginning was really an education business mm -hmm. because people didn't know this was a possibility so if you don't know that you can have worms in the house you're not calling so i came up with an expression where without awareness action is impossible Mm -hmm. and and it and it and it's true and it was like if you don't know that you can do worm composting in the house to manage your food scraps and your paper and then you know worms are the original alchemist they turn garbage you know what we call trash into black gold aka yeah. nutrient-rich fruit fertilizers so we can grow more delicious nutritious food it's it's massive and i really started my business as a waste management tool and quickly realized, oh, the waste management is the side benefit, although it's huge. Yeah. Um, the real benefit for doing this is the fertilizer. You know, our food is broken in, in North America. We've, we've wrecked the soil because of our farming practices. You know, we, we, we think we can just grow corn like for in, in a whole yeah. um, area. We can't, <laughs> like yeah. we can if we put enough chemicals. Um, but then, you know, those chemicals are getting in us and in our air and water and everything. And anyway, so this is a, a way for us to return the nutrients back to the soil. Mm -hmm. And I really think that if we do it on a grassroots level, like if everybody is managing their scraps, everybody using that uh, black gold compost to grow something like in Canada, we, we import 60% of our food. Mm -hmm. So when our, our border closes, like during a pandemic, um, we become very food insecure. Yeah. I mean, and there is like, there's been shortages, you know, shortages of fertilizer. And, and uh, I mean, I don't know how much, uh, how much a farm could produce, uh, you know, to help local farmers, but you can use the, the fertilizer for yourself. You know, if you have a little piece of land, you know, grow your own food. I know there's the people and the governments are, there's a lot of regulation when it comes to that sometimes, but you know, it, it, when it comes down to it, if you're growing your own food, you know where it's coming from. You know what you're putting into it. You know what's going on with it. So you have the, you know, the ability to, to grow the, the organic food that you need. And having this, you know, this first step, the fertilizer, is, is, it's, uh, it's amazing to have that ability. Uh, that way you can continually grow your food. You know, obviously the nutrients in the soil, they deplete. And having having this ability to regenerate the, the soil, uh, you know, will continually, uh, um, I guess you will have a continual flow of food, you know, and we can't live without food, without food, you know, so um, this is super important. Uh, when you are looking at your, the, your startup, and you've, you've, you've started your finance, or you started your own uh, farm with the financing. Now, what, what would you expect to start with? You know, should you start big? Because they grow. And from what I understand, worms, they just want to have sex and eat. <laughs> you know, they want to breed and eat. And so you're going to continue. You're going to have this continual flow of, of worms. So it's going to grow. What should you start out with in order to 
really start to see something prolific with your idea of building a worm farm? And which direction should you go? Should you go the worm selling direction or should you go the fertilizer selling? Oh, great questions. Okay, so start small for sure. Absolutely. If you've never done vermicomposting or worm composting before, don't don't invest a whole whack of dough and then find out, oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing because they're live creatures and they'll die and your investment will go in the, you know, mm-hmm. right into the, into the, gra- into the uh, soil. <laughs> and, I, and I'm not laughing. I just, you know, really um, there's, there is money to be made here and you can have a business, but I would like anything, there's a learning curve. So, so learn how to like buy a pound of worms, start with a pound of worms, um, in the U.S., there's all kinds of red wiggler growers, and I know we haven't talked about the type of worm. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely start small. Learn how to do it. They are prolific breeders. So once you figure that out, then once you've mastered a pound of worms and you know what to do, how to feed them, you know all of the conditions, then you can always add more worms. You can always buy, you know, an additional whack of worms to to. Um, start your business. Mm -hmm. Um, But definitely start small. You know, I've had people buy 20, 50, 100 pounds of worms, but they don't know what they're doing. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, you know, if you lose your worms, once they start to go, they go very quickly because they're all in the same environment. So start small, folks, just learn what you're doing. And then and then you can you can always add more. Um, If you're going to start a worm business. Oh, do not sell the worms. <laughs> <laughs> I know that we have to have worm sellers, mm-hmm. um, but really, the if you want to make money in a like a more regular, I guess, have repeat customers mm-hmm. sell the compost because the compost, just like any fertilizer, needs to be reapplied on a regular basis. So, um, selling the compost it's something you're you're always regenerating. You're making more, and then you sell that compost, and it's a beautiful a beautiful way to, to go organic. It's just a wonderful way. When you look after the soil, the soil looks after the plant. And you're right, the soil gets deplete because when the plants are growing, the nutrients are coming out of the soil into the plant. So if we do anything other than compost those scraps or put, add them back into the soil somehow, um, we're robbing the soil and then we need to add chemicals. That makes sense, that makes sense. Yeah. And so, I mean, there's there's a lot of questions I have with regard to this. You know, separating egg, separating worm, separating the compost, what to feed them. Uh, there's a lot of things that are going through my mind as far as you know what I need to do and what I need to learn. What what if I'm going to start right now? You mentioned start small, sell the fertilizer. What is the biggest lesson that I need to really delve into? Like, what do I need to learn the most? how to look after a pound of worms. So what are the conditions? So the main ingredients, three key elements for successful vermicomposting, temperature, moisture, airflow, temperature, uh, 60 to 80 Fahrenheit. And I know what that is in Celsius, (laughs) because I'm bilingual. (laughs) It's like 18 to 28, something like that, Mm -hmm. um, Celsius. Um, Moisture, so about 75% humidity. And then airflow, you need um, air holes in your in your bin. Um, any size hole will do. The worms can get out of any hole. They don't have bones. So 
you know, sometimes people are like, oh, you know, I think you don't even need a lid on your worm bin, but you kind of do. It's like a psychological barrier and it keeps your bin dark, right? The worms don't like the light. So you want to have a, like an opaque con container. Mm -hmm. Again, back to your Rubbermaid. You don't want a clear container. You want something that's dark and then you can leave it anywhere. Um, room temperature. So don't worry about measuring the temperature and all that. Room temperature is fine. So in Texas, it may be too hot in in uh, most parts of Canada in the winter too cold. So mm -hmm. both climates would would benefit from having the worms inside okay. um, or in a climate controlled environment. So like at a, least like part a, of the year. like a greenhouse or something like that. So if you had a greenhouse and would that be enough? Yeah, or in the basement, you know, just, uh, you know, in the house is fine. If we're comfortable, they're comfortable. The worms are going to stay in the container because they're eating half their weight per day. They don't have eyes. No point in going sightseeing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they're eating half their weight per day. So um, as long as the conditions are right in the bin, they're going to be fine. Mm. And so the bedding is shredded paper, could be leaf, straw, card cardboard, um, Enough water so the, the bedding is the consistency of a wrung out sponge. Mm -hmm. Better too wet than too dry. Gotcha. About a, about a shovel of, of soil, like a scoop of, of soil, just outdoor garden soil. Um, you're adding soil for the microorganisms. Worms don't have teeth, so there's little uh, bugs or little uh, organisms in the soil that help to break down the food. They're the decomposers. Mm -hmm. It's a whole science lesson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then eggshells, you need to add um, maybe six to eight crushed eggshells. Uh, again, another another material that you can add in, you know, something yeah. else that you can um, keep out of landfill. That's um, and then you just mix all that together. Um, the worms like it moist and fluffy. And then you add your worms on top, they make their way in. And then you just feed them your food scraps from the kitchen. So you don't, you're talking, when you say food, because I know that a lot of times people use like newspapers and they use paper and you said leaves are a great nitrogen source. When you talk about food, what carbon source, those are carbon sources, the paper. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. And so when, when you're looking at food, you're looking at what type you don't want to put meats and stuff in there. Do you? Correct. Right. Okay. So it's all your like kind of fruit and veg, fruit and veg peels, um, coffee, tea, cooked pasta and rice, moldy bread, um, plant clippings are a nitrogen source. Um, and then if you get into your manures, if you have ra a rabbit or a hamster, um, guinea pig, any of those type of little rodent um, pets, mm -hmm. you can put all of their bedding and all of their um, poop and all of their urine, all of that stuff can go in your worm bin too. So it's... They eat that? <laughs> they'll eat that as well. Like it's kind of, they're kind of, you know, another top predator of for the stuff to decompose the material it's some actually worm growers will have um, rabbits mm -hmm. and then they have their worm bin right under the rabbit hut no way so all the poop everything falls right into the worm bin so they have a couple of things they might have meat rabbits and then you know the poop is then being managed it's not nothing more to be done it's in the worm bin and then you do need to separate you did ask me about separating mm -hmm. so at a certain point you would need to harvest your worms and separate the worms in the compost the worms will man they will uh, reconsume their poops um, a few times, six mm. six or seven times, to get the nutrients out. So then the the compost becomes more, finer and finer. Wow. It's kind of already being processed. It's really amazing. They really are these marvels of nature's 
that are just waiting there underground and they're, you know, they're just waiting. They've been around since the dinosaurs. It's, it's They're the coolest things. And they've evolved. I mean, they keep on staying. So they have some kind of, I guess, kind of like cockroaches. They have this this power to remain mm -hmm. regardless of conditions. It's amazing. You know, I could probably honestly talk about this all day long just because <laughs> it's so interesting. It's so interesting to me. Um, so you, so we got the, the you know, the, the, the startup, not very much because they're going to breed and they're going to eat. Uh, the type of food that they need is paper, uh, leaves, uh, refuse, like, you know, banana peels and, and obviously eggs and stuff like that. Or I should say egg uh, eggshells eggshells because you don't want to throw I guess the whole egg in there um and so no meats and then so oh, yeah no meat no dairy thank you for that no meat no dairy no sauce no greasy stuff mm. yeah, then. so I would say more your your prep stuff rather than the plate scrapings mm -hmm. right because you might have if you you might have a nice beautiful salad but your salad on the plate has dressing on it now Oh, yeah. Gotcha. And that would be harmful to the worms. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, what about lemons or lemon juice? I'm just curious because some, sometimes people, is that is that okay or is that too? Um, so I would say citrus I would leave out of the of the fruit and veg. I would say uh, leave out citrus, garlic, and onions if you have enough other stuff. No onions, no garlic. You don't want those things having any kind of heartburn. And then so, <laughs> so we got it. <laughs> So we got, you know, the, it's a very minimal, what about the barriers to entry? Like uh, if you wanted to have this and you wanted to turn it into something commercial, um, what are the barriers to entry for this? Are there any kind of regulations or there, is there anything that will kind of impede? I know there's, there's different regulations in different areas and different locations. So just research where you're at and then figure that out. But when you start and, and the people that you've helped, what are some of those regulations that have hindered or helped farmers uh, who want to start their own worm farm and, and composting? Yeah, so I, I, I really, you know, rather than the idea of, of the worm business, I mean, it is possible to have a worm business, um, but really learn how it works. And then and as far as regulations, for sure, look at what, what your state or municipality what kind of regulations they have. Um, if for some reason, when you're hauling, um, if, if you're going to be have a business, you're probably going to need to import some kind of food waste or some kind of um, something that the worms are going to need to eat. So the worms on the farm will eat manure. So they, they will reduce um, manure piles up to 80%, reducing or eliminate gram-negative bacteria. So E. coli, Salmonella, Shingella, problems that are in raw manure, um, the worms have, a, have a, a magical way of binding up those materials and making the manure safer for handling. Mm -hmm. so, so on the farm, I would, I would recommend, you know, cattle, cattle producers and horse farms and sheep farmers, goats, any of those vegetarian animals to employ worms in their manure piles. Like sometimes they have people come and take their manure piles. I'm not sure what happens in the States. Some yeah. places in Canada, you know, it's sort of a nuisance. And it, it, depending what industry you're looking at, um, there's a large, uh, I guess in Texas too, um, horse industry. Um, a lot of the horse people don't want to manage the manure. Like they're like, that's no, not the manure part. Yeah. <laughs> 
you know, the cattle farmers don't mind because the, the manure is often used for growing their crops. Mm-hmm. Where, so horse people, again, so I'm, I'm looking at if somebody's looking at a business for, for food stock, look at the, look at the, where there's lots of waste. Yeah. Look where there's stuff that they're like, oh, paying a lot to get rid of. If you offer to take it for free or, mm-hmm. you know, a smaller charge, um, you can make money in the hauling, but just know what the regulations are in that. Yeah, I know and a lot if you're of... Looking, sorry, if you're going to be looking at horse manure, talk to the far, um, the horse owners about um, when they used, last used the deworming medication on the horse, because yeah. that would be in the in the manure, and that oh, would be wow, harmful. Yeah. That's <laughs> interesting, yeah. I know that a lot of the grocery stores, you know, they throw away a lot of the um, expired stuff, and so that might be an option for maybe one of your local grocery stores that, that instead of throwing it in the in the in a um, in a garbage bin that is going to be taken away by the city and just thrown in a landfill maybe you can you know, negotiate something with them that they can just put it in a separate location and you just pick it up every couple days or whatever um, so there is opportunity out there to you get some you know free stuff if you're willing to go and take it out um, I'm sure there's there's areas where you can get paper, you know, shredded paper, uh, and, and just throw throw some, uh, you know, because there's offices everywhere that have paper shredders, you know. That's I think I'm just looking, I'm thinking out loud here, uh, and, and then I have love them. it. This is beautiful. That's that's how that's how you come up. With, mm-hmm. Oh, I I never pay for boxes for shipping because. They're they're everywhere. I go to the drugstore and and they're little toothpaste boxes. I'm like, oh, can I can I take these? And mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I, I I'm uh, very frugal when it comes to um, what I what I pay for in my business. Yeah, uh, uh, one of the questions I would have, and I and this is probably something that you can research when you're when you're starting your business, is separating everything. You know, and and how you go about doing it, like to. Because you, you you submit you mentioned separating the worms after a certain time you know how you taking them out because they're gonna get I guess there's gonna be more than what you need in that area, um, <laughs> you, and I'm sure there's what eggs they do they lay eggs is that what, what they, they do? do okay so uh, do you separate that stuff do you separate eggs do you separate worms do you separate compost and and if you do that how how do you go about doing that it just seems like a it's labor intensive. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it can be right. So um, if you're going to have a worm business, if, you know, if you're selling the compost, make sure that you love it. Make sure that you love it. Otherwise, it's going to be a horrible job. <laughs> right. You're going to be like, oh, my God, I hate worms. I'm afraid of worms or whatever. <laughs> OK, so how do you separate if you have we'll just go back to the Rubbermaid and then people can think about how they could scale up. And there is equipment. Mm-hmm. There is harvesting equipment for larger scale. But for the small scale, you empty your um, your Rubbermaid. The easiest way to separate is the dump and sort. So you dump it out on a plastic sheet, put it in small round piles. The worms are photosensitive or afraid of the light, so they go down into the piles. And then you just scoop off the top of each pile and they're going down. That's why the smaller the pile, the faster the harvest. If your compost is really wet, you might want to put a little fan on there to dry it out a bit Mm because that's going to force them down into the pile as well. The cocoons of the eggs are very small. They're the size of a 
sesame seed. I used to say grape seeds. And then the kids said, the grapes don't have seeds. <laughs> <laughs> they used to, and they taste awful. Right. <laughs> so that now I say sesame seeds, like a swollen sesame seed. That's how big the eggs are. So they are small. Once you're, when you start breeding worms, you, you do recognize the eggs and you are able to pick them out. And if not, then they go in the compost and they're not, they're not going to cause any harm. Anyway. Okay. Gotcha. So you don't um, necessarily need to harvest the eggs unless you're selling no. the worms, right? Okay. But yeah. you recommended against that. You should sell the compost. Right. Yes. Yeah. I, I, you know, just because when you, with, with the, the model that I chose, I don't have repeat customers, except I do because mm -hmm. I do speaking. Yeah, which is kind of another way, right? There's you could speak about it, do workshops. I go into schools, I speak at garden clubs, I go into corporations and set them up with composting. So, I've kind of created a little con consulting kind of business and mm -hmm. a little bit do it all. I, I do a bit of this, a bit of that. Mm -hmm. um, but if somebody was going to sell the worms, right? You don't you don't have repeat customers because you're selling the worms and then they've got worms and they multiply and that then they sense. have a little business. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's amazing. But it's not that easy, right? That's, mm -hmm. that's the challenge is getting the repeat customers where if you are selling the, the compost, right? Marijuana just became legal in Canada. Uh, I don't know, a couple of years ago. And even before that marijuana growers were coming to me for the compost because it's, it's nature's finest fertilizer. Yeah. Um, so there's a huge, a huge, huge, and the, and the marijuana growers are looking for organic solutions. They don't want to put chemicals because it's for their, you know, a lot of it is um, medicinal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. It makes sense. And if you're able yeah. to do it organically, that's, that's, uh, yeah, that's definitely a preference for me as well. You don't want chemicals in your body and pesticides right? and stuff like it's that. It's a plant. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've definitely covered a lot of information. I think we have some seeds to grow on uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a lot of information. I, um, I usually like to ask our guests if they have any words of wisdom or some rules that they live by. Do you have any of those? Yeah, not to take myself seriously anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, yeah, I think uh, this pandemic, if anything, it's taught me to just be just go easy and uh, have uh, joyful moments every day. So, yeah, awesome. yeah, be happy. Yeah, just yeah, just take it easy on yourself. For sure, for sure. With we're all the, the ones, that... right? We're the ones that beat ourselves up. We're the one that put the the whole standard, and we're judging us. Mm -hmm. We're the ones. We yeah. think it's everyone else, but it really is us pointing at ourselves. Saying, yeah, we oh are definitely our, our own worst critic. <laughs> you know, but uh, how can our how can our listeners get a hold of you? Yeah, my website is uh, the best way, probably. It's kathyscomposters.com, Kathy with a C, and then S is on each word. Nice. <laughs> and I'm all over social media, too, and, yeah, just get in touch. I would love to to uh, chat about worms. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, Kathy Nesbitt, it was a pleasure having you on the show today. You're an inspiration to me and our listeners, and I'm so glad to have had you on the show today. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank absolutely. You so much. Well, there you go, guys. Kathy Nesbitt, all of her information is going to be in the show notes. Check that out. Uh, you know, if you want to start your own, you know, worm farm, there's a lot of information out there. And Kathy, just contact her. I'm sure she's been willing to, to give you some consultation there. Uh, check out creativeentrepreneurship.net, tcepodcast.net, and creativeentrepreneurship.locals.com if you want to support the channel. And until next week, keep on keeping on.